I, uh, for those of you who are my age and above, you'll remember Blue Peter. I'm feeling very Blue Peter-like here. For those of you who don't remember YouTube it, um, could I have a microphone as well, please? Thank you very much. Amazing. Um, fantastic. Well, as uh, PJ said, uh, my name... Yeah, that's great there, PJ. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Anything else that, you know, any dogs, small children? Um, so I, um, as PJ said, my name is Kirsty. I uh, serve on the leadership here uh, at the King's Arms. And uh, I have just literally got back, well, not literally, like, but yesterday, got back from a holiday from a beach uh, in Cornwall. I'm still shaking the sand out from between my toes. So apologies to facility staff who have to hoover up here. You know what it's like when you've been on holiday and you're kind of nice and relaxed. And it's a bit difficult to get your head back in the game, to be honest. You know, it's kind kind of dishwasher salt in the fridge moment and you know I don't think I've used my right toothbrush all weekend sorry family for that I can't remember, I can't remember which color it is but you struggle to get your head back in the game a bit but I have to say thank you so much Tim and the band for the worship this morning because that was just amazing and uh just a fantastic opportunity just to refocus on God and to remember why why we're gathered here together this morning so we are finishing up our series on looking at the fruits of the Spirit. We've been looking at the fruits all through the summer. Um, can I have some shout-outs on people, what the fruits are? Can people remember what they are? Love. Patience, yeah. Kindness, good. Yeah, don't look at these two here, that's cheating. So yeah, there's nine, right? Love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And this morning we're going to do faithfulness. So I thought to start out, it would be useful for us to establish in our minds and be sure that we're all clear on what we think faithfulness is. So in true family service style, I'm going to need some volunteers. I'll tell you what the criteria are. The first two are very simple. You just need to be about my height or a bit taller so you can hold a sign up, people can see. So I can have two people that are of reasonable... I'm not being heightist, it's just practical. <laughs> two, two people of reasonable height to come and hold a sign up for me. Quick, quick, quick. It's really easy to do. Come and do that. Here we go. Brilliant. OK. Now... We all have many talents in life, okay? Uh, mine is not art, so I have drawn these two. So who here are visual artists? Can we have some hands up, visual artists in the room? Visual artists, you are amazing. I love the talent that you bring to our community and to the world. I love how you portray things for us that we can understand God's creation and beauty through what you do. I cannot do that. Um, so, uh, Dave, do you want to go outside? Brilliant. So we've got, which side's faithful and which side's unfaithful, just so I know? Andy's faithful, Dave's unfaithful. So, <laughs> nothing personal, guys. What, what's in the room stays in the room, okay? Now, I need six other volunteers that are a bit smaller, three on each side, okay? So let's get six other volunteers that are a bit smaller, three on each side. Any of you will do? Brilliant. Brilliant. So you can, you can stay down the front if you want. That's absolutely fine. Right. And we're going we're gonna to help these guys work out where these signs are going to go. Okay. So the first one is honour. Do we think honour is a characteristic of someone who is faithful or unfaithful? Faithful. So can someone on the faithful side hold that for me? That's the faithful Oh, sorry. There we go. Okay. What about doubt? Do we think doubt is faithful or unfaithful? Unfaithful, okay, so someone hold that one for me. Brilliant, you're doing quite well. So these are quite easy, aren't they? Devotion. 
Faithful, good. Let's have a hold of it on that side. Okay. Honesty. Faithful, very good. Inconsistent. Unfaithful, very good. There we go. Uh, Loyalty. Faithful, great. Unreliable. Unfaithful, okay. Very good. Nearly there. Lie. Unfaithful, right. Trustworthiness. Faithful, very good. Cheat. Unfaithful, excellent. And the last two. Fake. Unfaithful, here we go. One more there. And lastly, care. Faithful, great. So, I think we can all agree fairly easily what characteristics we think somebody who is faithful would demonstrate. Is that right? Great. So it's our faithful and our unfaithful. Thank you very much, guys. You can just put your stuff straight down on the floor. Go and sit back down. Thank you for your help with that. So we know what it looks like to be faithful. So I thought this morning we'd take just a few minutes to consider how we can be connecting with God and his faithfulness towards us, how we can cultivate faithfulness in our own lives, and then lastly, we'll look at how we can commission each other to be faithful to those around us. So let's start with what the Bible says about God and his faithfulness. Psalm 83:15 says, "'You, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God. "'You're slow to anger. "'You're abounding in love and faithfulness.'" This verse is said over and over again in the Bible. What does it tell us about God? It tells us that he is merciful, he's gracious, and he's slow to anger, and he is abounding in love and faithfulness. Abounding means plentiful. It's overflowing. There's loads of it. It's plentiful. It's coming all of the time. So, I'm not sure how well I can really accurately demonstrate this. Where's my, uh, here we go. I need my glass and my jug. I told you to be like Blue Peter. If you have a glass like this, and I start filling it up, it doesn't, God's faithfulness doesn't end when the glass is full, if you imagine you're the glass. It just keeps going, and it keeps going, and it keeps going, and it keeps going, and it keeps going. But it doesn't stop there, does it? Because actually God isn't the size of a jug. It just keeps going, and 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 it just keeps going. But it also doesn't stop there at the size of a bucket. Josh, I need you to help me. Josh really wanted me to get a fire hose and stick it on outside and keep going, but I couldn't do that. So instead, Josh, if you take one end of this for me, and uh, no delusions of grandeur, Josh, but hold that. (laughs) Imagine Josh is God, and imagine that all this electrical stuff wasn't here and the hose pipe was on. God's love just keeps coming, and it keeps coming, and it keeps coming, and it doesn't stop. It's a bit, thank you very much, Josh. It's a bit like he's on the end of the hose pipe. You can keep that if you want. Take it home and, you know, talk to some air about it. You can, it's a bit like he's on the end of the main switch, right? And it just keeps coming. Nothing stops it, like the rain this morning. Nothing stops it. It just keeps coming. His faithfulness is plentiful. 
Who is God faithful to? Does our age or stage of life matter? I'd like to find the youngest person in the audience here. Do we have any babies? Six, any babies under six months? Put your hand up, baby. <laughs> oh, Ida. Ida's probably the younger. How old is Ida now, Mary? Good. <laughs> Mary has got a very small baby. She can't remember really her name even. 11 weeks. Anybody, any younger than 11 weeks here? So we've got 11 weeks here, okay. Uh, Mary, you can stay sitting, but just remember Ida's over there. Anyone who's about the age of 10 in the congregation this morning? Okay, can you stand up? 10? Anyone who's about 20? 20-ish? Someone in their 20s? Come on, we've definitely got someone who's around that. Great, okay. 30? Anyone, anyone about 30? Brilliant. 40? Come on, you know where this is going. Anyone there? Come on, somebody admit to being 40. Okay, I'll be the person who's 40, if you like. Uh, <laughs> come on, Ben. 50? Anyone in their 50, early 50s? Got someone there. I can't see. Thank you, PJ. 60? Six good. 70? Brilliant. Keep standing. 80? Have we got anyone? 80. Early 80s. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Cyril. Anyone beat 86? Cyril, is that right? 86. Anyone beat 86? No? Okay. So, we've got from Ida, who is a few weeks old, to Cyril, who is 86. What does, the God, what does God say about his faithfulness? The, Psalm 100, verse 5, For the Lord is good, his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So right across this room, from a tiny baby to an octogenarian, God's faithfulness is for all of us. That's good news, isn't it? You can sit down, you guys. Thank you for that. How about if we don't feel like we have any faith for ourselves? There are those times when we've wandered from the Lord a bit, we've not really paid attention, we've got a bit caught up in our own agendas and our own ideas. Well, 2 Timothy tells us, if we're faithless, he remains faithful. That's good news, isn't it? So his faithfulness isn't dependent on our ability to remain faithful, but it's about him being faithful. How about if we're struggling with doing the right thing sometimes? You know those moments when you're battling not to join in the office gossip or not to join in the kind of group of kids taking the mick out of somebody else at school. You're trying to keep your temper with the kids. It feels as if as soon as you've committed to give more money, the bills suddenly go up. When being economical with the truth might get you out of a sticky situation. When people are using bad language all around you and you're struggling not to... How about those moments? Well, 1 Corinthians 10 tells us, no temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with temptation, he'll provide the way of escape that you may endure it. So he's faithful in those moments of us wrestling with temptations which come to us all. What happens if we give in to those temptations, though? Is God still faithful then? Well, 1 John 1, 9 tells us, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So he's faithful even in our sinning. What about when we go to sleep at night after a long day of knowing God's faithfulness to us? Is it going to carry on through into the morning? Lamentations 3.22 tells us the Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. I love the newness of God's faithfulness every morning. When I go to wake my kids up in the morning, 
Some of you will be dreaming of the day when you wake your kids up and not the other way around. When I go to wake my kids up in the morning, I go through seasons where I'll go in and wake them up by saying these verses to them. You know, God's faithfulness is new for you this morning. I have to tell you, my daughter's response is, the Lord's loving kindness to me is my bed, so go away and leave me in it. (laughs) I'm trying to be a godly parent, right? It just doesn't always work. His faithfulness is new every day. What happens when our circumstances seem overwhelming and we can't find a way through? When I was orphaned in my early 20s, I had no siblings, no career path. I was already emotionally spent, but with the majority of my life obviously yet to come, I was momentarily overwhelmed by my circumstances. But day by day, I allowed God to lead me and kept my eyes fixed on him. And he made a way when it seemed like there was none. 2 Thessalonians 3 tells us the Lord is faithful. He will establish you. And he will guard you against the evil one. God establishes us in his faithfulness. He established me in his faithfulness so that I could stand. So the Bible has a lot to say about God and his faithfulness towards us. He is faithful whatever age or stage of life we're in. He is faithful whatever our own walk with him feels like. And he's faithful in all circumstances. So how can we cultivate faithfulness in our own lives? Well, Psalm 37.3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Befriend faithfulness. What does this mean to befriend faithfulness? Well, it means to practice it, to help it grow, to be its friend. So I need another volunteer who likes plants. Anybody? There we go, right at the back there. Brilliant. Come on up. Come on, Mickey. Come and help me. Let's welcome Mickey up, shall we? Okay. I've borrowed this plant. Is Charlene here, or is she still? I think she might be on holiday. That's good because this is Charlene's plant from her desk. Um, <laughs> Mickey's probably going to tell me it doesn't look very—it doesn't look very healthy. It's, it's a, okay. It's healthy. Okay. It's okay, Charlene. You've got, uh, Mickey, if you hold my plant for me. So. If I want my plant to grow, Mickey, what am I going to need for my plant to grow? Water. Ah, hold right there. Water. I can help you with that. You can tell I've been to the sea, can't you? Water's featuring very highly in this this morning. Water. Great. So if I want my plant to grow, I've got to water it, right? An essential ingredient for plants to grow. Great. What else do I need? Enough light. Enough light. Great. We need the sun. <laughs> the sun to shine. On the plant, the plant needs sun, and anything else the plant might need. Now, I haven't prepped Mickey for this, by the way, so let's hope she... Fit, brilliant! I tell you, great minds think alike. We need plant food to help our plant grow, right? So the three essential ingredients for our plant to grow, water, sunlight, and food, right? Brilliant. From a horticulturist. Thank you very much, Mickey. You can put my plant down. Thank you. Let's thank Mickey, shall we, for her help there. We cultivate plants by giving them what they need. So in our Christian lives, how are we going to cultivate faithfulness? Well, to befriend God, we can do that in three main ways. One of them is to worship. When we worship God, we're beholding him. That means that we are looking at him, and as we behold something, it's like we become what we behold. We become what we give our attention to, what we look at, what we copy, what we invest in. And as we worship God, that's one of the key ways that we behold him. 
We set our eyes on him. We glorify him. We remind ourselves of who he is and why he's worthy of praise. We could do that through singing songs corporately like we've done this morning, maybe when we were out on our own or in the shower. We, we draw, we dance, we paint, we write songs. There are all kinds of ways in which we worship God. But as we worship him, it helps us to become more like him. And so it's one of the ways in which we can cultivate our faith. Another way in which we can do it is through prayer. Prayer is when we're communicating with God. We're sharing our heart with him. We're being vulnerable about the things that are important to us and we're letting him speak to us. We might gather with others here at the King's Arms to pray. We might pray at home, at school, in our workplace, in the car, on a walk. Sometimes we'll pray just a couple of muttered lines under our breath. Sometimes it'll be a few hours of intercession. It doesn't matter when, how, or where. Mostly, probably, it'll be in the privacy of your own homes. But as we pray, God hears it all, and it helps us to grow in our understanding of who he is. And the third way is through reading the word. Reading God's word is key to how we get to know him. We've already looked at some verses this morning. The Bible is our blueprint for life. God's word is good for us. It gives us life. It reveals deep, profound truths. And most importantly, it points us towards our faithful God. God's word is life-changing. It helps us to know him more and to understand ourselves and navigate the world around us. So we can cultivate the faithfulness in our own lives by spending, simply by spending time with Jesus, worshipping him, praying and reading the Bible. It's very simple, but it really has a profound effect on our lives. You know, faithfulness can be demonstrated in all kinds of different ways. And in preparing for this preach this morning, I was thinking about um, what kind of things do we uh, see in society as being faithful. And one of the things that sprung to mind was how often we refer to a dog as being man's best friend. And it got me thinking to how um, people who are partially sighted or blind use guide dogs. And I happened to one of those kind of God chances. I stumbled across uh, a very elderly man who lives uh, in Bedford who has a guide dog. And um, he very kindly offered to come and talk and share with us this morning. But sadly, he has been taken ill, so he wasn't able to do that. But he's given me permission to share a bit of his story because I just thought it was a wonderful illustration of faithfulness. Just as as an aside, by the way, I also asked Josh and Samara to share, and the last preacher didn't, Josh fell sick. So health warning, if I ever ask anybody to share when I'm speaking, think carefully before you say yes. Anyway, this new friend of mine is Roy, a guy called Roy. He's 86. Roy, if you're listening, hello. And um, he has a four-year-old uh, Labrador called Treacle. Roy was... Uh, Born with severe, uh, some severe condition affecting his sight, he was n- he's never to this day been told what it is. No one's ever known to find out what it was. They knew he couldn't see when he was about nine months old and he had to have one eye removed when he was 15. And by the time he was 30, he could not even distinguish light and dark, utterly and completely blind, has lived in a completely black world most of his life. But Roy would say he's had a brilliant life. He's been able to commute to London. He's worked in a bank for over 23 years, and all because his dog has helped him to do it. 
He's had a guide dog since, he was, uh, since 1962, obviously not the same one, seven, guide, seven different guide dogs since 1962. And uh, he says that guide dogs take about 18 months or so to train fully, and then you have to have this intensive period where you work with them so that you get to know them. And uh, he said really that um, having a close relationship with his dog has completely changed his life. And he's able to get out and about. He knows all the streets in Bedford. He uh, is fit and healthy. And his dog really has changed what it means for him to be able to live his life. He's been married and has a son. When I asked him what were the key things that made Treacle an effective guide dog for him, he said to me principally he needs to be able to trust her completely, to lead him safely wherever he needs to go. He said he needs to have faith that she will do exactly what she's been trained to do. And he said he needs to have an ongoing, very close relationship with her. Can you see some similarities there for us? Faithfulness requires trust, that we trust God that he's going to be faithful to what his word says. Faithfulness requires us to train, to cultivate that level of faith in our own lives. And faithfulness requires us to connect, to be in relationship with God. So, where are we going to go from here? We've looked at connecting with God and his faithfulness by his word. We've thought about how we can cultivate faithfulness in our own lives. And so lastly, I want us to spend just a few minutes commissioning each other to think about how we're going to live out faithfulness ourselves. So you're going to do the work here. I've done quite enough now this morning. So uh, in a few minutes, I'm going to get you to uh, turn around and just chat with your neighbour. There's three questions that I want you to ask each other. The first one is, what area of your life do you feel like you need to take hold of God's promise to be faithful in? So there could be a, could be a whole variety of things. Couldn't it? it could be to do with finances or relationships or a health issue. What area of your life do you feel like you need to be believing God's faithfulness for? And secondly, what one thing could you do to cultivate faithfulness in your life? Maybe even just take a snapshot and say over the next two weeks, for example, I could commit to praying for five minutes every day for something. So something along those lines. And then thirdly, I want you to try and identify one person who you think would really benefit from you demonstrating faithfulness. Remember earlier the words we had up relating to care and kindness, loyalty, trustworthiness. Have a chat with the person next to you and think about, is there one person around you who would really benefit from you demonstrating those characteristics to them? So I'm going to give you a few minutes to do that. Whilst you do that, I've got some bookmarks to hand around. There's enough for one each, just to kind of help you remember. There's a little memory verse on there for you to help you remember about God's faithfulness. And then we'll close in prayer in just a couple of minutes. Is that okay? Great. Go for it. Let's just come before God again. Father God, I thank you for your everlasting faithfulness to us. I thank you. It's so true that it goes on and on and on and on. I just pray right now, anyone who needs to recognize your faithfulness in our lives. I pray that you'd come and impart that to us right now. Just come and show us how faithful you've been and how faithful you always will be. And I pray that you'll help us to reciprocate that um, attribute of you in our lives this week and even today, God. Help us to find the space to create quiet in our lives and to connect with your faithfulness and to know that you're a God who's good no matter our circumstances. God, we just we we praise you, we love you, you're a good God, mm. and we're so grateful. So yeah. Amen. Amen.